Hi, I'm Tina Desiree Berg, and welcome to The 34. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, we're brother and sister. We're Mexican-American. And we are the living example and the living proof that there is so much strength and diversity, so much strength and unity 
And of course, we know what it's like to be on the road together as siblings. And we know that families belong together. So we're so happy to be joining forces with people like Senator Sanders and Congresswoman Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. So you guys, it's great that you're all, all I mean, that you're all out here, but you guys need to register. You guys need to vote. We need to show up this 2020. We need to vote hate out of the office. We need to make a huge change, but we need to do it together. Together, we're stronger.
y que viva México. Siento 
siempre tienes la razón Tú, libreto de siempre tan predecible Ya, no lo sé Así que
Thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias a todos. It's a pleasure to be here today. Remember to show up, remember to register, remember to vote. We're Jesse and Joy, and you are at an awesome event with amazing people. Thank you very much, guys. Muchísimas gracias. Feel the burn.
Our next act is a group of first-generation and immigrant Americans. They are internationally renowned with platinum hits such as My Body and Cough Syrup. They recently headlined at the forum, and to cap it off, their single Superposition reached number one on alternative radio this year. Please give a big hometown welcome to Young the Giant. start this, I'm going to do a song that I don't think I've ever played live before, but it's, it's for Bernie. I think you, the lyrics apply pretty well. Sleep in the wild 
This one's called Art Exhibit. I'm all 
We'd like to thank AOC Bernie for having us here. I am a first generation American born citizen. Our third record is about that immigrant experience, I think, which a lot of you 
may know we're all immigrants here in America anyway. This one is called America.
Thank you. So we heard about this a few days ago. Our drummer is out of town. So a good friend of ours, Louis Diller, filled in. So everyone give it up for Louis. Thank you. 
you. This is our last song. We are Young the Giant. Next up, AOC and Bernie, baby.
I said I like it like that. 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 I'm just tricking the chat. Don't you know, we're talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know, we're talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around Test, test, test. There we go. Okay, I need to know something. Everybody who can hear me, raise your hands. Okay, that mic works. Okay. We're going to check this one now. Okay, same thing. If you can hear me, raise your hands. All right. Louder. Okay, louder. 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 Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Sound, you now can you hear me? Louder. Okay, can you if you can hear me, raise your hands. If you can hear me, raise your hands. There we go. They want it louder. What about the riser? Do you have me in the malt box on the riser? Malt riser, yes? We're good. Is there a Okay, so the front is having problems.
Life does get tough, no need to stress, hold you back too much. Let's go, heard you found a solution, where you be for the revolution. and one passage for the nation's first citywide $15 an hour minimum wage and is a leader in the fight to ban fracking and transition to renewable energy. Please welcome to the stage council member Mike Bonin. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Venice Beach. And thank you for being part of the incredible grassroots movement that is going to elect Bernie Sanders as president. This sea of people here today is gathered in a very beautiful and a very special place. This place where we stand is where the Gabrielino Tongva Indians formed a culture that, that existed in harmony with the environment. This place is where people from every neighborhood in Los Angeles come together to celebrate diversity. This is a place where generations of people, artists and workers and activists, have come to form and dream a better life and a better world. But this community, 
like so many others in this nation, is threatened and imperiled. Right here where we stand on Venice Beach, hundreds of our sisters and brothers sleep each night. They do so within sight of neighborhoods that have become unaffordable and in the shadow of corporations that enrich the few. We stand near neighborhoods that have been ravaged by speculators and conglomerates pushing people out. This is a neighborhood that is home to 1,000 refugees from a rigged economy, from a failed health care system, from a broken criminal justice system, from a racist society, and from a corrupt political system. But we stand here today, all of us, ready to upend and replace those systems. We are going to fight for Medicare for all. We are going to fight for taxing billionaires. For rent control and eviction prevention. For social housing and for a homes guarantee. Because like Bernie Sanders, we declare that a safe, decent, accessible, and affordable home is a fundamental right for everyone. Now, where we stand right here on Venice Beach, behind me, we are at the edge of an ocean that is rising and a coast that is eroding. Up here, you can see the Santa Monica Mountains where neighborhoods have actually burned because of the impacts of climate change. And over here, south of us, is the Chevron oil refinery. A symbol and an agent of an industry and an institution that is polluting our world and harming our children. But we stand here today, this big movement, tens of thousands of us, ready to block this path to self-destruction and to commit to ending the use of fossil fuels and their poisonous impact on our politics. We want a just and equitable economy, one that benefits the climate, prioritizes frontline communities, provides a just transition, and creates 20 million new jobs. Because like the Sunrise Movement, because like AOC, because like Bernie Sanders, we want a Green New Deal. Like you, I am proud to endorse Bernie Sanders and proud to be part of this movement. We will take back this country, and we will move it forward. We are going to knock on doors. We are going to make thousands of phone calls. We are going to donate, and we are going to organize. Together, you and me, we, all of us, in Los Angeles, in California, around the country, we are going to elect Bernie Sanders president. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Our next speaker serves on the Los Angeles Council representing the first council district. He is an advocate for the right of employees to unionize as well as a fierce defender of tenants' rights. Please welcome to the stage former California State Senator and Council Member Gil Cedillo. What's up, everybody? What's up? Your democracy's up, that's right. So look, when uh, Donald Trump announced that Mexico sent crime and criminals and rapists, he lied. And he's lied every day since then. If you look around this crowd, you're going to see the future of America. And when Donald Trump attacked immigrants, he attacked the very essence of this nation. Because other than Native Americans, we all have an immigrant background. Immigrants come here courageously with their greatest hopes and their aspirations, not for themselves, but for their children. They come here because they have a vision and we share that vision of a better life, of dignity and respect, a vision of affordable housing, a vision where people will be treated by the content of their character and their hard work, not by the color of their skin or their legal status. A vision where healthcare providers can provide healthcare and not be concerned about profit. A vision where working men and women can work with dignity and respect at their workplace and know that their work will be valued. Men and women equally, their work will be valued. Now let me tell you about a little bit about healthcare. I was once unemployed and uninsured before I got elected. And I came home and my wife said, I have to talk to you. I have this lump. Unemployed, uninsured. Fortunately, I had some friends from college who were doctors. I called these sisters up. They had sent me to their clinic. And the doctor told my wife we had cancer. You never want to hear that. Because after you hear that, you don't hear anything else. I know he kept talking in English. I didn't understand a word he said. But we struggled through it. And we were able to get some support and some care. But it was a difficult time. And no one should have to go through that. Now, I won my election. And my wife rallied. And we had a great celebration. And I went to the legislature. And I became a state senator. And I fought for immigrant rights. I fought for workers' rights, and I had the best health care you could get, the best insurance money could buy. But when cancer came back, I had to fight tooth and nail for every service, for every portion of health care. I had to fight to see whether or not I was going to give the shots or not, whether or not I was going to provide the, the, the pills or not, whether I was going to feed her or not. 
I had to fight for every service, even though I was a senator, and I had paid for the highest premiums for the best care. No one in an industrialized nation, a nation as rich as this nation, should ever have to struggle for health care. It's a right, and it shouldn't be a profit. Healthcare providers in this nation care about their patients when given a chance to do so. When given an opportunity, nurses, it's the most caring profession you can have. But it can't be based on profit. It has to be based on care, and it has to be based on a right. And Bernie Sanders will make sure that we have Medicare for all because he believes, like we believe, healthcare is a human right. Now, I know. Get closer. <laughs> now, I know a little bit about immigration, although I'm not an immigrant. I'm a third-generation Mexican-American from Bora Heights, Los Angeles. My parents did immigrate to Los Angeles in the 1950s, but they came from Barstow. Of course, my father's family came from Durango, Mexico. But I know this about immigrants. They don't necessarily want to leave where they're at. They come because they have to. There are conditions that drive them here. And so they're courageous. They're the most responsible persons of their family. They're the most industrious. They take care of their families here, and they take care of their families there. And this happens all over the world. And they go with their talent and their skills, and they work hard, and they learn the language within a generation, and then they become active, and they participate, and they vote. Those are the best. Now, as our economy changes, and our world changes, and people leave the workforce, immigrants are the future. And Los Angeles knows a little bit about that, because 25 years ago, we led the effort against Proposition 187. And it's why California leads the effort and the resistance against Donald Trump today. Because we understand, with or without papers, all work has dignity, and all people have rights, and that immigrants are the future. They're the future of this city, and they're the future of this nation. Think about this, as boomers age out of the economy, the innovation for the new jobs will come from immigrants. The service economy and that work will come from immigrants. The manufacturing and the production is going to come from immigrants. The future is ours, all of ours, because we are all immigrants in this great nation. It's the only place in the world where people come, and they come to share what they have. They come to share their hopes and their aspirations, their greatest dreams with their children, with their communities, and with all of us. Bernie Sanders understands that. He's a children of immigrants. We will never again cage babies, let children die in the process, separate families. That system is corrupt. The president is corrupt. And we need someone who has the moral compass and the moral fortitude to stand up for what is right 
and for just, and Bernie Sanders is that man. That's why I'm proud, again, to endorse Bernie Sanders as the next president of this country. If we fight, we win. 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 Let's fight for Bernie Sanders. Let's fight for us. Let's fight for the future of this nation. God bless you. Thank each and every one of you. Our next speakers are here on behalf of the Center for Popular Democracy and CPD Action. Please welcome to the stage Jennifer Epps Addison, Anna Maria Archia, and Christina Livingston. Hello, Venice! My name is Christina Livingston. I am the board chair of CPD Action. And on behalf of our national network of 600,000 community members across 34 states, CPD has endorsed Bernie as the next president of the United States. But the reason I'm here is because I'm a community organizer, and the people that I work with up and down this state believe that the lack of affordable housing and the increase in homelessness is the number one thing standing between them and their own prosperity. It is shameful that in the fifth largest economy in the world, that we have 130,000 plus of our brothers and sisters, of our seniors and our children living on the street every night. It is a shame. But Bernie is advocating for bold housing solutions like national rent control and deep investment in affordable housing. He believes like me. He believes, like me, that we all deserve a safe and affordable place to call home. It doesn't matter if we're black or we're white, if we're young or we're old, if we're differently abled or able-bodied. We all deserve that because housing is a human right, and Bernie's going to help us get there. Buenas tardes, mi gente. Good afternoon, Venice. My name is Ana Maria Archila, and I am here to celebrate the power of people who dare to dream and fight for a country that includes all of us. I am here because I see in Bernie the opportunity to build the country of my dreams, a country where we can all be free. Yo estoy aquí porque yo veo en Bernie la oportunidad de construir el país de nuestros sueños, un país donde todos somos libres. I came to the U.S. when I was 17, like Bernie's father, so I am an immigrant. But this country only became my home when I found people who believed that we all deserve the freedom to stay in the place we call home. Right. When I found the immigrant rights movement, it was by finding a movement that I found roots in this place that was new to me. So I have spent the last 20 years fighting alongside immigrant workers for safe and dignified workplaces, filing alongside immigrant youth 
for the right to an education and the right to stay with our families. And fighting to make sure that we could say every day, this country is my home. I am here to stay. The immigration enforcement system is cruel. It is inhumane. It is designed to put people in cages. It is designed to separate families. It is designed for profit. And Trump is using it to advance white supremacy. But we're not sitting down. We are fighting back, right?
Our next speaker is a fierce leader in the fight for criminal justice reform in the State Assembly. Please welcome the Assembly member from the 59th Assembly District, Reggie Byron Jones Sawyer Sr. Hello, Los Angeles. I'm Reggie Jones Sawyer. I represent South LA, which has both, all right, South LA, which has both Baptists and Catholics in my district. So I have a confession to you, because I'm a Catholic. I wasn't always a Bernie Crat. I used to be a Hillary person. I supported Hillary even against a black man. That's how bad I was. And then I had the opportunity to meet Bernie Sanders one-on-one. -on -one. Then I started to feel the burn. And you know, there was a time in California when we had free college. It was done by Pat Brown in 1960. And when we did that, we had the best educated workforce in the country. So guess what free college does? It could make us not only the fifth largest economy in the world, it could make us the number one economy in the world. That's what Bernie talked to me about. And when I told him that I'm a diabetic, and then when I told my doctors, quit giving me metformin, glipicide, and insulin, that they were drug pushers, we argued so long they called the police on me, Bernie said, we need prescription drug turnaround in this country because that's too damn high. And the prescription drug people are making too much money on the backs of poor people, black people, and brown people, and God darn it, all people. When you go to my community where I have a lot of poor people who for years I thought Miss Milan owned her home, I found out she rented it. And now the, the kids are coming in after the grandparents have died and now they've raised the rent. And as we all know, the rent's too damn high. That's what Senator Bernie Sanders talked to me about. And then finally, I'm chair of public safety. I've gone to more prisons than I ever wanted to in my entire life. And all I see in these prisons are people that look like me, Latinos, and poor people. We've just locked up too many people in this country, and especially California, and Bernie Sanders' plan for criminal justice will turn that around. I touched the stove, and I felt a little burn. <laughs> then my candidate, Kamala Harris, dropped out. You never, well, as a black man, you never go against a sister. So talk to the black people about that. It'll make you understand. And then I touched the stove a little longer. I could feel the burn a little stronger. And then I found out He's called T.O. Bernie. They call me, they call me T.O. Reggie. In my district, I said, wouldn't that be cool? Both T.O. Reggie and T.O. Bernie running in South Los Angeles at the same time? 
Then I really started to feel the burn. Then California's starting to feel the burn. Oh my God, I feel the burn! We're not only gonna win this nationally, we're gonna turn this state into a Bernie Sanders state so we can make the reforms we need. Let's go ahead, hashtag T.O. Reggie loves T.O. Bernie. Let's take it to the White House. Let's win for Bernie. Our next speaker is an outspoken political activist and Academy Award-winning actor known for his roles in Shawshank Redemption and Mystic River. Please welcome to the stage, Tim Robbins. Hello. I'm here today to endorse Bernie Sanders to be the next president of the United States. Yesterday, I was in Avenal State Prison. Louder. You saying louder? Lean into it? Gotcha. Yesterday, I was in Aridus. I'm here today to endorse Bernie Sanders to be president of the United States. <laughs> Yesterday, I was in Avenal State Prison watching a play written and performed by 25 incarcerated men. Black, white, brown, old, young, northerners, southerners, all now creating together, all serving life sentences. The play was about racism and forgiveness and redemption. The main character didn't want his son to be friends with a black man. And in the course of the play, after the classmate's death, and after his son's near death, the racist man had a transformation. He finds redemption. He embraces the beating heart of his former object of hate, the heart now beating in his own son's body. It was an incredible performance, and it left the audience stunned. People were weeping. The men on the stage, the family members that had come to join him, even the warden, even the warden. I came away from that prison with a hope for the future. If these men in a level two prison can find the courage to defy racial division, stand in a room and create respect, support, and love their former enemy. If these men in this dangerous and stressful environment of a prison can rise above their former hatred, then so can we. We're living in times of bitter rancor, hateful rhetorics thrown around, divisions in families, kin swearing off each other for political reasons. There's a raging discontent underneath this robust economy. 
lots of fighting, and we're asked to take sides, to define ourselves by our differences. And we are encouraged to distrust the other, to hate the other. And as long as we buy into that, as long as we are fighting with our brother, our co-worker, our neighbor, we will never unite against the ones that are profiting from this division. We have so much that unites us. We all want clean air, healthy water. We all want jobs that pay us enough so that we can hold our heads up with dignity. We all want to provide a future, a better future for our children. We all want to be cared for when we are ill and to not worry that this illness will lead to our bankruptcy or possibly homelessness. Most of us want that for our neighbor, too. Do you? Yet despite all this rancor and divisiveness being thrown around these days, I still believe that there is goodness in the hearts of all of us. And I still believe that perspectives can shift, eyes can be opened, hearts too. I'm endorsing Bernie Sanders today because I believe that when he is elected, he will lead this country with a spirit of inclusiveness and in the service of the people he represents, not the money that got him there. In service to the people, a basic concept of democracy, but a forgotten one. The president is not a king. He works for us. Bernie has always governed that way. He's been a faithful representative of his constituents in Vermont for years. He has never abused his position for personal gain. He's been standing up for the poor, the disenfranchised, the shunned, the oppressed for years. As a college student, he was arrested for protesting against racist housing discrimination. For his entire life, he has marched on picket lines with striking workers and stood up for immigrant rights and marched in opposition to war. He's what my grandfather used to call the genuine article. I support Bernie Sanders because I believe he will lead from a moral center, born of a lifelong commitment to serving the needs of the poor, the American worker, the single mother, the family farmer, the student in debt, the couple struggling to keep their home, the beautiful souls that constitute the core, the majority of this country. 
I support Bernie because I believe him when he says that he will declare a state of emergency on his first day in office to address the climate crisis that threatens this planet. I support Bernie because he is the candidate that has the broadest base of support, a volunteer base of a million strong, ready to knock on doors. The kind of support that can motivate and sustain the changes that will be necessary to bring bold transformation to this country. It's not gonna be easy. There are many obstacles in the way. But yesterday, I witnessed the impossible come true at Avenal State Prison. After the play, the men were talking with each other, their guests visiting with their family. And a friend of mine pointed to two men who were talking to each other, laughing, hugging. It was one of our formerly incarcerated teachers, Jason, and one of the writers of the play, still incarcerated, Pedro. You see that scar on Jason's head? It's from a knife fight with Pedro from 10 years ago. They used to be enemies looking for blood. And now, in this room, they were collaborators, partners, Friends, there in that moment, I saw the future manifested in the purest form of forgiveness and the overwhelming power of love. The way forward for all of us must be through unity, not division. We can be passionate and certain about our candidate and do so with open ears, with a respect for differences and a love for even those that do not want to listen. We need to find new alliances, unexpected friends, we need to sow the seeds of unity with our actions and our deeds, practice tolerance, and wield the overwhelming power of love when we are advocating for Bernie Sanders. When Bernie Sanders says, not me, us, he is reminding us that it is a movement not an individual that will transform this country. It is all of us as a collective, not the cult of one that will bring change. And it is exactly because of that perspective, that humility, that understanding of how democracy works, that I wholeheartedly endorse Bernie Sanders as the next president of the United States. Please welcome to the stage a man who needs no introduction, Dr. Cordell West.
quiet for a second and just look at each other, your wonderful souls, your hearts, your minds, your beauty. Oh, I wish you can see how beautiful you really are because we're here in solidarity in the name of integrity, honesty, decency. Bernie Sanders has a longevity of integrity, a longevity of consistency. He is the real thing. We're not dealing with semblance or simulacra. We're talking about somebody who is for real. And when I talk about for real, I come from a people who've been hated for 400 years and taught the world so much about love. John Coltrane's love supreme. Stevie Wonder love and the need of love. Rita Franklin, Tony Morrison's beloved. And justice is what love looks like in public. That's why we're here in solidarity at the level of our humanity. And we don't speak out of hate, but we know a milquetoast neoliberal politician when we see one. We're looking for a serious critique of Wall Street, not hating rich folk, but hating greed, greed, greed. Well, somebody understands ecological catastrophe. Somebody understands the vicious legacies of white supremacy and male supremacy, losing sight of the humanity of Mexicans and Muslims and Arabs and Jews and indigenous peoples, but also poor white working class brothers and sisters too. All of us are in it together. From indigenous to white, we're all in it together. Oh, yes, we are. We keep track of the Wall Street bureaucrats and the tech oligarchs who have a vast amount of wealth where everyday people, not just here in Los Angeles with our precious and priceless homeless ones, but across the empire, across the country. That's why Bernie Sanders is our candidate. And last but not least, I stand here in the name of Martin Luther King Jr. The critique of militarism, materialism, racism in any form, but also eliminating poverty. I stand here in the name of Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, of Edward Zaid, of Dorsey Day, of Ella Baker, of Fannie Lou Hamer, and Curtis Mayfield, too. Oh, yes. But I want to stop now and introduce someone who has been such a major force for good ever since she set foot in Congress, who has been willing to take a stand and like Sly Stone said, Stan, you've been sitting much too long. There's a permanent crease in your right and wrong. She takes a stand. She is the one and the only, my dear sister, A.O.C. A.O.C. 
for coming out here today. It's amazing. It's also really nice to get out of the freezing cold in New York and DC. But I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm so thrilled to come to the heart of where we're going to change this country. Because that is why we're really coming out today and every day until next November. And every day after that too. I want to uh, reiterate and go over something that Dr. West was talking about, what he mentioned. Because if those of you who don't know, you better know who Dr. West is. And one of the things that Dr. West wrote early that shaped my life deeply was something that he just said right now, which is that justice is what love looks like in public. I don't want us to take that for granted because what we're here to do and what this, what this campaign is about, what this larger movement is about, is establishing a loving society in the United States of America. And that is not some kind of irrational, overly feeling, sympathetic statement or sentimental statement. Because what a loving society is, is an advanced society. A just society, a loving society, is one that guarantees health care to all people. A loving society, an advanced society, an anti-racist society. It's a society that guarantees education of equal quality and merit to all people. And not just the education of a century ago, an, an education for the century to come. And that means tuition-free public colleges and trade schools in the United States of America. A loving society embraces immigrants and realizes that we cannot do this without each and every one of us linking arms together. A loving society, an advanced society, make sure that we have a planet to give to our kids. A loving and advanced society knows that we cannot continue an imperialist form of foreign policy. A loving and advanced society doesn't think of human rights as a nice to have. It thinks of human rights as the central focus of what we should be establishing here and abroad. 
One of the reasons why I am part of this campaign is because I know, and we all know, that this isn't just about Bernie Sanders. This is about a movement that has been decades in the making. This is not about just four years. This is about our lifetimes. And one of the things that makes this campaign different is that we know that we can't go back to the way things were before. Because the way things were before is how we got to where we are now. We cannot go back to a world where the rich are put first and working people are put last in Washington day in and day out. We cannot go back to a world that explodes our military budget and nobody thinks anything about it. I have to tell you, this, uh, the, these last few weeks in Congress, we've been passing appropriations budget after budget. And one of those budgets was the defense budget. And what we're seeing, and what we just passed, was a budget that was $120 billion more than the Obama's budget leaving in his last year in office. $120 billion more. Now, I think it's really critical that we think about this for a second. Because not once was I or anyone I know asked whose taxes are going to go up to pay for that? Not once was I asked, are we going to tax the rich or tax the middle class? Not once. This is not just some kind of campaign line. This is reality. We only talk about raising taxes when it comes to taking care of our kids and saving our planet and establishing health care. It is an ultimate hypocrisy. So I'm here to say and to tell you, when someone asks you, how are we going to pay for it? The question is not that. The question is not how are we going to pay for it? The question is how do we want to pay for it? Do we want a wealth tax? Do we want a Wall Street transaction tax? Do we want to treat our lives as equal in value to how much we treat our military budget? Yes, because budgets, as Dr. King said, are moral documents. 
Budgets are moral documents. They tell us dollar and dime how much we value ourselves and our priorities in that order. And what this campaign is about is a radical realignment of our priorities in the United States of America. Because we know, once again, that this moment is not about one four-year presidential campaign. This is a movement decades in the making. It's a movement of anti-racist black liberation activists, of immigration activists, of queer liberation activists, of the labor movement. It is a movement of all people and causes come together. And we have to take it to the starting line because that's what we're fighting for. This election is about the start of this work because we're nowhere near there right now. So we need to fight to start this work, the establishment of an advanced society. Because as much as we like to say, thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you. Because as much as we like to say that the United States is the richest country in the history, or rather in modern history. For who? The richest country. Who cares about how much gold is being amassed if we can't realize an advanced society with those resources? And we're here to say that what we're living in right now is not an advanced society. A society that allows people. It is fascism. What we have, what we're evolving into as well. And so one, one of the things. Thank you. Thank you. And so one of the things. Thank you. We're, and that's the work that we're committed to. And so what we have to do is admit and say, say use the words that, sorry, I'm a little thrown off, but I'm, I'm, I'm coming back here. I'm coming, I'm recentering, guys. <laughs> and so what we gotta do is to say that a nation that allows people to die because they can't afford their insulin is not an advanced nation. 
a nation where people are too poor to live while GDP skyrockets and the Dow goes up and the NASDAQ and, and stock prices continue to skyrocket is not an economy that's working for us. And if we're measuring our success based on stock prices and not wages, we've got a problem. We have to determine our, our measures of success. And one thing more is that this is not just about the concentration of capital and wealth on the 1%, or rather the, the top tenths of 1%, but it's also about that happening on the scaffolding of slavery and imperialism and racism. And when we acknowledge both of those things at once, we can establish justice. And I'm telling you, it's not that far off. It is always darkest before dawn. And it's dark right now, needless to say. But, what, but there are several ways in which Senator Sanders distinguishes himself. One way is that he has one of the most ambitious climate plans in the country, period. His Green New Deal is a solution that actually attempts to be on the scale of the crisis. If you want to know what we risk if we don't act adequately on climate, look at what is happening in Australia right now. The fires are so big, they can't even fight them anymore. We're seeing three days of the hottest days on record happening in a row. People are trapped. Uh, species are going endangered in a very small period of time. We belong to the earth, not the other way around. And policy that honors indigenous wisdom and leadership is smart policy. When it comes to foreign policy, Bernie Sanders also stands unique among the field. His long commitment to making sure that we are scaling back endless war is proven and it is, and it is strong. And he knows that foreign policy is also domestic policy for so many of us. For our families, for people who have families abroad. And he knows that whether it's here at home with Puerto Rico or out abroad in Palestine, that human rights are for everyone the right to clean water, the right to access medicine. None of
of these things are controversial, controversial, and that we that human rights are not a zero-sum game where the gains of another are a threat to ourselves. We reject that outright. But the thing is, we need to get on that starting line. We have to get on that starting line. And so what I am asking you all to do is to contribute meaningfully to this movement, to your movement. And what that means, it's more than just a dollar. It's more than, than knocking on a door. But what I always say is that each and every one of us has something to give. We all have something to give. Whether it's showing up with your neighbor and translating a form for them. Whether it is knocking on your, on your neighbor's door. Whether it's creating art and posting it on the streets. Whether it's writing an essay on Facebook, but don't argue with anybody, okay? That's a waste of time. We all have something to give. And what I am asking is for all of us to give whatever we can. That is what revolution looks like. And that's what we have to give. And it is happening all over the country and the world. Look at what happened in Puerto Rico earlier this year. Millions, or rather, you know, huge percentages of the island coming out. And when they took out everything, when pe people were holding up signs and said, they took so much from us, we weren't scared of anything we had to lose. People went out to the streets and they engaged in what we call that as cacerolazo, which is they had a wooden spoon and a pan and they made noise until they got it done. That's a big part of the movement in front of us. And we have a long list of things to do. We need to dismantle ICE and CBB. We need to recognize climate refugees. We need to guarantee a living wage. And we need to unite our fight. And so with that, I'm just so thankful to be here in this moment and in this movement with you. So we, again, I wanna ask you to wear out your shoes. I wanna ask you to create art for this, to paper the streets for this, to give 10 bucks for this, to knock on a door for this, to do whatever you can for this, because this is what revolution looks like. For anyone who 
who accuses us for instituting purity tests, it's called having values. It's called giving a damn. It's called having standards for your conduct to not be funded by billionaires, but to be funded by the people, which is different. And I can tell you as a member of Congress, when people say that there is no difference between being funded by a handful of wealthy people and being funded by small grassroots donations, let me tell you something. I go into work all the time and I hear people say, what will my donors think? I hear that phrase. And I hear and I see that billionaires get members of Congress on speed dial and waitresses don't, okay? There's a difference. And a candidate that is accountable to small dollar donors is fundamentally differently aligned than anybody else. So with that, I want to introduce to you Senator Bernie Sanders. introduce to you the next First Lady of the United States, Jane Sanders. Hello, LA. My gosh, what an incredible crowd. Thank you. I'm here as a kind of a character witness for this character. As a wife of 31 years, as a co-worker for 38 years, I can attest that there is nobody that you could trust more, count on, and believe in than Bernie Sanders. I wanted to let you know the whole campaign is not me, us, but there are other people that are behind the scenes all the time that's a sustain Bernie and I. Uh, two of our sons, Dave and Levy, are here today. Come on up and wave. And two of our daughters are not here today. 
um, but they will be on other trips. We have seven grandchildren and our children's spouses. They all support us in every way. And I just wanted to let you know that. They would agree with me 100% that Bernie was our choice growing up, working together, being married and having a family, a blended family together. And he is my choice and their choice to be the next president of the United States. And I hope you agree. <laughs> Thank you all, and let me thank uh, the folks who have gone before me. Let me thank the local natives for their music. Jesse and Joy. Young the Giants. Council member Mike Bonan. Council member Gil Cedillo. Assemblymember Reggie Byron Jones-Sawyer, Jennifer Epps Addison, Christina Livingston, and Anna Maria Achilia. And let me thank my old and dear friend, Dr. Cornell West. Let me thank Tim Robbins. And let me thank Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We kind of take it for granted, but Alexandria has been in Congress for less than one year. And in that one year, she has accomplished more than hundreds of members of Congress combined. She has spoken out against racism, sexism, homophobia. She has stood up for the working families of this country. Alexandria, thank you so much for your participation in this campaign. I don't have to tell anybody here that we are living in difficult and unprecedented time in American and world history. We have a president who is a pathological liar, who is running a corrupt administration, who is a racist, a sexist, a homophobe, a xenophobe, and a religious bigot. Other than that, not so bad. That's a joke. Brothers and sisters, what our campaign is about is not only defeating Trump. 
Our campaign is about a political revolution. It is about transforming this country. It is about creating a government and an economy that works for all people and not just the 1%. As Alexandria mentioned, as Alexandria mentioned, what we have right now in America is a corrupt political system. It is a system in which billionaires are buying elections. It is a system in which Voter suppression is taking place every single day. Some of you may have noticed that just in the last week, you had Republicans trying to purge hundreds of thousands of voters in Wisconsin and Georgia. What our campaign is about what our administration will be about is one person, one vote, not billionaires buying elections. And I am proud to tell you that as of this moment, our campaign has received more contributions from more people than any candidate in the history of the United States of America. We don't have a super PAC. We don't want a super PAC. We don't go to rich people's wine caves. This is a campaign of the working class of this country, by the working class, and for the working class. This is a campaign that will win, because while Trump wants to divide us up based on the color of our skin, or where we were born, or our religion, or our sexual orientation, our campaign and our administration is about bringing people together. Black and white, Latino, Asian American, Native Americans, we are coming together. And we are coming together around an agenda that works for working people, not billionaire campaign contributors. And what that agenda says is that if you work 40 hours a week in America, you should not live in poverty. And that is why we're going to raise the minimum wage to at least 15 bucks an hour. 
We're going to have equal pay for equal work for women. And we are going to make it easier for workers to join unions. What this campaign understands is that a well-educated population is the future of America. And that is why we will implement universal, high-quality, affordable childcare. <coughs> that is why we will put billions into Title I low-income schools all across America. <coughs> and that is why we understand that if we love the kids, we love our teachers. We don't want teachers with great experience leaving the profession because they got to work two or three jobs. We don't want teachers taking money out of their own pockets in order to buy school supplies. We're going to fund public education, and we're going to make sure that every teacher in America earns at least $60,000 a year. And I want young people, including those of you here today, to give serious thought about becoming teachers. There's no job more important. We desperately need you. <clears throat> and when we talk about education, that means that we will make public colleges and universities tuition-free. <clears throat> I grew up in a working-class family, and I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. And I want every person in this country, regardless of his or her income, to know that they will have the opportunity to go to college, to go to a trade school, and not worry about how to pay for that. Eleven years ago, against my vote, Congress voted to bail out the crooks on Wall Street. <clears throat> Two years ago, Trump and his friends gave a trillion dollars in tax breaks to large corporations and the 1%. Well, if Congress can bend over backwards for the rich and the powerful, we can cancel all student debt in America. And we are going to do that through a modest tax on Wall Street speculation. The working families of this country bailed out the crooks on Wall Street 
Now it's time for Wall Street to help the working families of this country. And I, and I know you, are embarrassed that we are the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people as a human right. The current health care system is not only dysfunctional, it is extraordinarily cruel. We are spending twice as much per person on health care as do the people of any other country. And yet 87 million of our people are uninsured or underinsured. 30,000 die each year because they don't get to a doctor when they should. 500,000 people go bankrupt because of medically related bills. Think about that. 500,000 people going bankrupt for what crime? Because they were diagnosed and treated for cancer, for heart disease, for Alzheimer's. That is not a system we will retain in America. <clears throat> The function of a rational health care system is to guarantee quality care for all, not to make huge profits for the drug companies and the insurance companies. So brothers and sisters, the day is coming and it's coming soon where we will pass a Medicare for all single-payer program. No more premiums, no more co-payments, no more deductibles, no more out-of-pocket expenses, no more paying outrageous prices for prescription drugs. We are going to take on the greed and corruption of the drug companies and the insurance companies. We're going to take on Trump and the Republican Party. We're going to take on the Democratic establishment. And whether they like it or not, we are going to pass a Medicare for all single payer program. And I want to touch on an issue that is not just an American issue. It is a global issue, and you are all familiar with it. What the scientists are now telling us is they have underestimated the degree and severity and speed in which climate change is ravaging our country and the entire world. What they have told us is they underestimated the speed 
in which the polar ice caps are melting and that the oceans are warming and that we, the degree in which rising sea levels will inundate major cities in the United States and countries all over the world. They have told us we're going to see more terrible wildfires like you have experienced right here and are now taking place in Australia. We're going to see more extreme weather disturbances, which recently put Venice, Italy underwater as it did Houston, Texas. They are telling us that food production will go down because drought will limit the planting season for farmers. They are telling us that if we do not act, there will be around the world hundreds of millions of climate refugees, people who cannot stay in their homeland because there is no water, there is no land to grow their crops. Today we say to the fossil fuel industry, your short-term profits are not more important than the future of this planet. And I am proud to tell you that our campaign has introduced the most sweeping climate change proposal ever introduced by a candidate for federal offices. Now, my opponents and critics, they say, Bernie, you are proposing to spend a lot of money on climate, combating climate. And I say, what is the alternative? How much is too much when we're talking about saving the planet? So we have a proposal based on the principles of the Green New Deal. And that proposal basically says that we're going to move this country away from fossil fuel to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. But we have not just an American crisis, We've got a global crisis. And as President of the United States, my job will be to help lead people all over the world to make it clear that instead of spending almost $2 trillion a year on weapons of destruction designed to kill each other, that maybe we should pool our resources and combine them to fight against our common enemy, which is climate change. When we talk about a progressive agenda, together we will end a broken and racist criminal justice system.
Unbelievably, today in America, we have more people in jail than any other, any other country on earth. And our job is to put our resources into education and jobs for our young people, not more jails and incarceration. Together, we are going to end cash bail in America. Together, we are going to end private prisons and detention centers. And together, once and for all, we are going to end the destructive war on drugs. We are going to legalize marijuana in every state in this country. We are going to expunge the records of those arrested for possession of marijuana. And when marijuana is legalized all across this country, we're not going to have a handful of corporations controlling the marijuana industry. We are going to have those people most hurt by the war on drugs, our brothers and sisters in the African-American and Latino and Native American community. Help them get the businesses upway to make a profit for the legalization of marijuana. And brothers and sisters, we are sick and tired of Trump's demonization of the immigrant community. We are going to end the racism and the hatred. On my first day in office, we will undo, through executive order, all of the racist executive immigration laws promulgated by Trump. On our first day in office, we will re-establish the legal status of 1.8 million young people and their parents eligible for the DACA program. On our first day in office, we will develop and implement a humane border policy. Under our administration, federal agents will not be snatching babies from the arms of their mothers. Nor will we be throwing children into cages. Our administration will push for and will succeed in implementing comprehensive immigration reform and a path towards citizenship for all the undocumented in this country. Our administration will develop gun policy based on the needs of the American people, not the NRA. Universal and expanded background checks, ending the gun show loophole, ending the so-called straw man provision 
and doing what the American people want, and that is ending the sale and distribution of assault weapons in this country. You know, I'm a U.S. Senator, and I'm on the floor of the Senate, and I hear many of my conservative colleagues talk about their desire for a small government, for getting the government off the backs of the American people. Well, I say to those conservatives, stop the hypocrisy. If you want to get government off the backs of the American people, understand that it is women in this country who must control their own bodies, not politicians. So my promise to you is that I will never nominate anyone to the Supreme Court who is not 100% pro Roe v. Wade. What this campaign is ultimately about, and Alexandria made the point, it is about changing our national priorities. Instead of giving tax breaks to billionaires, instead of spending more on the military than the next 10 nations combined, we are going to address the needs of the working class of this country. We are going to take on the grotesque level of income and wealth inequality, where three people now own more wealth than the bottom half of American society. Now, Nelson Mandela, one of the great heroes of our lifetime, he said something that was very succinct and very profound. And what he said is, and I quote, it always seems impossible until it happens. It always seems impossible until it happens. And this is a man who walked out of a jail in South Africa to become president of that country. But what Mandela was saying is that the establishment, the economic establishment, the political establishment, the media establishment, tells us every single day not to dream big, not to have high expectations, not to believe that we can make fundamental changes in our society. But we know differently. We know that the history of change in America always, always takes place from the bottom on up. That is the history of the trade union movement. It is the history of the civil rights movement. It is the history of the women's movement. It is the history of the gay rights movement. It is the history of the environmental movement. And where we are right now in this pivotal moment in American and world history is a moment 
in which tens of millions of Americans from California to Vermont have got to look around them, stand up, and understand that the status quo just is not working. Don't tell me that when we stand together, we cannot create an economy that works for all, not just a few. Don't tell me that we cannot have the best public educational system in the whole damn world. Don't tell me that we cannot join the rest of the industrialized world and guarantee health care to all as a right. Don't tell me that we cannot lead the world in transforming our energy system and creating millions of good-paying jobs as we combat climate change. Don't tell me that we cannot end a racist and broken criminal justice system. Don't tell me that we cannot have a sane and compassionate immigration system. Don't tell me that we cannot move aggressively to end gun violence in America. And don't tell me that we cannot protect a woman's right to control her own body. Brothers and sisters, I'm a United States Senator and I deal with the corporate elite every day. I deal with the greed of Wall Street and the insurance companies and the drug companies and the fossil fuel industry and the military industrial complex and the prison industrial. I know all these guys. They are powerful people. They have an endless, and I underline the word endless amount of money. But at the end of the day, the 1% is 1%. And if we in the 99% stand together, if we don't allow Trump and his allies to divide us up based on the color of our skin or where we were born or our religion or our sexual orientation, if we stand together, if we have the courage to take on the greed and corruption of the corporate elite, if we are prepared to bring our friends and our family into the political struggle, if we have a vision of a just and humane society in front of us, brothers and sisters, when we stand together, when we fight together, there is nothing we cannot accomplish. Thank you all very much.